Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. Blessed to be able to come and share with you this morning. Uh, so this morning, uh, I was sharing before service. I, uh, I, I'm a pretty early riser. Um, it, it's not uncommon for me to uh, be up three, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, just to, that's my, my normal sleep cycle. I try to not do that on the weekends, but for some reason this morning, I, uh, I woke up really early, really early. And uh, actually, I woke up before my son had come home, and he wasn't out real late. So it was, it was an early start for me, and I just felt like the Lord was, it was just a sweet time with the Lord and just praying. And I felt like he had something this morning through um, what he's put on my heart to share with you. So, you know, I, I want to, before we get into um, sharing what the, what the Lord has put on my heart this morning, we're, we're going to pray. Um, but, you know, also I want to I wanna be thankful this morning. I want to be thankful for uh, the beautiful sunshine and fall weather. Uh, we were outside yesterday with some friends, and uh, I see two runners that were there. My daughter ran cross-country up at Talawanda, and a couple other of the, the young people here at the, at the church were running as well. And it, it felt for the first time like it was fall, right? I mean, sitting outside, nice crisp, cool air with the sun coming down. So, you know, I, I want to thank the Lord for, for the beauty of uh, his creation and for the season that we're in, because uh, fall is my favorite. And uh, just a, a heads up that it's going to go by fast. You have 69 days until Christmas. So just giving you some forewarning there that, you know, it's enjoy the, the season that we're in because it's going to be snow and cold and all that fun stuff before we know it. So uh, let's just pray this morning and, and talk to the Lord. Lord, thank you for, thank you for this, this beautiful sun shining. Thank you for the season that we're in. Thank you for your creation. Uh, thank you for being a God that, that, that talks to us. Lord, thank you for, for time and prayer. And I want to pray this morning as, as this message you've laid in my heart. I want to pray for peace. I want to pray for those in here this morning that, that may not have peace. Um, peace for a certain situation or peace for a struggle. Uh, Lord, I just want to ask that you just give them a ears to hear, heart to respond, and, and a willingness to surrender that. Lord, I want to pray peace over this service and peace over our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we will be in Daniel. Uh, as you can tell, last week we uh, finished up the book of Daniel. I think we finished it up on Thursday or Friday this past week. But Jeremiah last week focused really on the, the first six chapters and some of the characteristics and character traits of Daniel. And this week we're going to focus on chapters 7 through 12. Uh, but we're actually going to kind of stay a little bit in, in chapter 6 because... Um, some of the the events and the, the the visions that Daniel has, I think, directly relate to uh, his his experiences in, in chapter chapter six. So, in in the beginning of of chapters seven through twelve, um, predominantly in chapters seven and eight, we see some of these these visions um, Daniel has. And, and in verse in chapter seven, we we see the the four beasts that they talked about in the video and. Uh, in chapter eight, we see this uh, the, the ram and, and a goat, and you know these, these things are, are we could we could preach pretty pretty in depth about these things. But um, what I wanted to focus on more than anything today is in the life of Daniel, and as we read through the book of Daniel, um, a lot of 
people just read through and just think that that's just the chronological order of events that happened. But in reality, the visions in chapter 7 and 8 occur in a time frame that kind of puts it back around the same time as chapter 5. Um, chapter 9, the, the prayer that Daniel prays, actually is right preceding chapter 6 when he's thrown into the lion's den. And, and it's important this morning that we, we pause and we, we understand that, and, and there's reasons for that, is that because, you know, these visions that Daniel has, I believe, shape the way that he lives his life while he's in captivity. It, it, it shapes his, his life, his character, his faithfulness, his commitment to staying strong in his relationship with the Lord. And the prayer of Daniel in chapter 9 is important to realize that it happens preceding him being thrown into that lion's den in, in chapter 6. And, I, and the reason being, as we kind of read through, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you want to open up your apps or your Bibles to, to chapter, chapter 9, we're going to begin in verses 3 and read 3 through 6. Um, and I think we'll have the scripture up here as well if you don't have your, your apps or your Bible this morning. So let's read chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. It says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. A couple things that I want to point out here in, our, in those verses is it says Daniel fasted, Daniel confessed, he pleaded with God in prayer. And as we continue on in that, in that same chapter, if you want to move down, beginning in verse 20, he encounters Gabriel. And Gabriel is an angel which he had previously encountered in chapter 8. And as Gabriel is responding to Daniel's prayer in verses 20 through 27, beginning in verse 23, I want you to read, it says, At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I've come to tell it to you. For you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Daniel had this confidence that when he prayed, God listened. If you look at those, if you look at that verse, it says, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. So not only did God hear Daniel, he responded to Daniel. We see that Daniel's life regularly was focused around a planned and firm commitment to prayer. In chapter 6, verse 10, it says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. He had set up a pattern in his life in which he would routinely talk with the Lord in prayer. And this deepens his trust with the Lord. And the same can be true of us today, that our prayer life deepens our relationship with God. And it leads us to trust completely in Him. We pray often in the midst of uncertainties, 
conflict, turmoil, adversity. And we do that because in those moments, we realize just how truly not in control we are. How powerless in our own flesh we are. However, it's not just those moments that we should be praying. We find ourselves falling out of this type of desperate need on our reliance to God when things are comfortable, when they're complacent. If I ask you to just sit, and you don't have to respond, if I just ask you to sit back and reflect on your prayer time with the Lord this past week, was there desperation in your prayer this week? Was there a plea for, for, for His authority over your life this week, or was it just kind of complacent, comfortable, maybe even non-existent? A lot of times in our lives, we can get into those patterns. We pray before, during, after difficult conversations, and all those are good times to pray, but what I'm talking about this morning with prayer and the example of Daniel is a deeper, deeper relationship with the Lord. It's a dependency through prayer. And it's through prayer, it's through prayer that in Daniel's life and in our life that God can give you the gift of peace about all situations. I want you to pause on that this morning. He, he wants to give you the gift of peace through your prayer and relationship with him this morning. You see, I think it's important to say the timing that, you know, when Daniel's praying in chapter 9, and he gets this confidence through his interaction with Gabriel that God hears and God responds when he prays. There's confidence and peace at that time. The main point that I want to share with you this morning is just this, that fully trusting in God will result in peace despite your surroundings. We see Daniel in chapter 6 in a lion's den. His surroundings are pretty intimidating. But Daniel has peace because he's fully trusting that God is in control of the surroundings. We ourselves, we crave peace. Most of us like to live in seasons of peace. But the problem is we often take our own measures and our own ways to achieve this peace. We look for ways to find it. They generally, quite honestly, usually bring more chaos into our life because we're seeking peace and we're seeking it in the wrong way. We try and dull pain. We try and cope. We pursue it through different things that the world has to offer us. We fail to gain peace through all our human efforts because we don't turn to God, the author and the source of peace. Too often when we pray to God, we're praying that God gives approval to the way that we want to do something as opposed to saying, God, how do you want to handle this? We get peace when we feel like we can almost direct God, that we can give him the direction that we want to go. We're going to give him the way that we want and just, God, just put your stamp on it. Just give me the approval to do that. But this type of prayer takes God out of his rightful place in our life, which is to have full authority over our lives. When we begin to seek our plans over his plans and our ways over his ways, then often we find ourselves filled with worry and anxiety and doubt. 
We doubt that God will answer, answer our prayer. And if he does answer, we doubt that his answer is really going to be what's best for us. Because we know what's best for us. We try to create ourselves a false sense of peace by taking authority over our own lives. But the problem is this peace is only temporary. And it's fleeting. Another response other than, than fear and anxiety and doubt that can come up when we, when we don't pray properly is anger. Anger can be a response towards God if he doesn't follow our plans. We can get angry with God and say, God, how could you? God, why don't you? And you see how we become the authority figure there. And we can become angry with God. The peace of God, though, comes as a result of accepting his unrivaled authority. He has to be at the authority over our life to really have peace. The word is clear when it comes to this. We can't produce peace. We can't produce our inner peace, but we can receive it. The Christian has a promise of perfect peace, but not based on our outward circumstances. I think you can talk to anybody who served the Lord for a long time and walked with him that your outer circumstances aren't always that which you desire and that which you hope for. But the visions that we see here in chapter 7 and chapter 8 give Daniel confidence that God is in control. And he can be strong through the events of chapter 6 in the lion's den because he has confidence and peace that God is in control. The term here is sovereignty. Daniel is trusting in God's sovereignty. Sovereignty is defined as supreme power or authority. And while Daniel's in the lion's den, we see actually who doesn't have peace. If you want to look, turn to chapter 6 and look beginning at verses 14 through 22. We're going to read this and you'll see an indication who doesn't have peace in this situation. Daniel's in a bad situation right here in the lion's den, right? I think we'd all agree with that. But let's read the events of it, beginning in verse 14. It says, Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, that it is a law to the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And this is where you see who has peace and who doesn't. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then it break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king doesn't have peace. It's not Daniel. Daniel's circumstances were far more dire than the king, yet you see the things that describe the king. It says that he was much distressed. He labored till the sun went down. Sleep fled from him. 
I think we all can relate that one of the things, one of the signs and symptoms that we're not at peace with something is when you just can't sleep. You can't get to that restful place. This is, the, this is the vision that we have. This is the description we have of the king. However, if you look at verse 23, you see Daniel. It says, not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. To trust in God is to have peace. But trusting in God requires things. It requires surrender. It requires humility. It's not easy. When we're faced with situations that don't make sense to us, when they don't go the way that we think they should, when they seem overwhelming to us, it's a situation that we just wish we never would have had to face. And I think, you know, I challenge you, think, think of those situations this morning. I, we all can relate to them. Something that we just wish we never would have had to face. Doesn't make sense to us. Why do we lack peace in those situations? We lack peace because we lose trust. For me, one of these examples that it became glaringly obvious that I was in a situation that I didn't want to be in <clears throat> is, it's been almost four years, four and a half years, um, I think many, many people know that my family was called to serve as missionaries in Nicaragua. And to be quite honest, the call to go wasn't one that I struggled with with peace. Um, the Lord spoke, and it was very, very clear to me that our family was called to go. And doors were open, and we went and we served, and things were great. We went down in July of 2016, and my children just adapted well we settled in well the lord was just doing amazing things we we're like it was better and more peaceful than anything i could have ever imagined after about eight to ten months of that i began to hear the lord tell us that we were going to be called back after a year and this was in my quiet time with him and in my prayer time with him and to be honest that that was that was challenging that was challenging for me because that was not a situation that I wished that I was in. That's not how this was supposed to go. I sat and I actually had this conversation with God. God, let me tell you something. You know what I gave up? Do you know what we've done this last two years in preparation? Do you know what we're doing down here? Like, let me tell you how this is supposed to go. God, let me tell you how you're supposed to handle this. And that wasn't the posture that I needed to be in. It was, it was the most difficult place to be because... I didn't have peace about even telling my wife that the Lord was speaking to me about that. I struggled with it. I was confused by it. Why would you call us down here only to call us back after a year? It didn't make sense to me. To go back, we didn't have a home, we didn't have a plan, we didn't have a job, we didn't have any, we didn't have any of it. Didn't make sense. And I'm a planner. So when God calls you to something and doesn't reveal the whole plan, I get nervous, and I get nervous because I don't trust him. That's what God was revealing to me in my heart at that time. Peace came when I fully surrendered and said, God, if that's what you're doing, I trust you. 
I trust that you're going to be in control of this situation, that you're going to be in control of my, my, my children and my wife, and the, the, you're going to give us provision based on what, whatever. You, I trust you. I trust you in all of it. I don't need to know the answers. I could trust fully because I recounted the faithfulness that God was to my life and in my life all the times before. So why should I doubt him now? We may never get the answers for some things that we ask God for. That's happened in other times of my life too, that I'm like, God, if you could just tell me why this is going on, answer the why for me, God. We may never get the answers to those things, but you have to ask yourself this, am I willing to accept his answer and obey his direction even if it means that I lose something important to me? Am I willing to accept his answer even if I have to wait for it? Am I willing to obey even if I don't want the answer that he's giving? In Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus prays, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's peace. That's surrender. And the thing about the God that we can, we can surrender to and get peace from is he is an omniscient God. He knows the beginning and the end. He's an omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's reliable. He'll hold us. He'll hold us steady. He'll pick us up when we stumble. And when we're weak, he'll make us strong. We can surrender everything to him that robs us of peace and just put it at his feet and pray, Lord, help me. And he will. You see, God's peace comes from his presence. We, we are in God's peace when we are in his presence. John 14, 27 reads, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace that Daniel had over his life and that we want over our lives is not one that this world offers. The peace promise in this passage comes from a few things. It comes from access, ability to ask, and a request from God. You see, it's the access that we have to the throne. It's the access we have to God. That's what gives us the peace, not the outcome, not the answers. Not the, that's his control. That's his sovereignty, the peace, which is the gift that we receive, comes because we have access to him. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 reads, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We offer our requests to the Lord with thanksgiving before we ever receive the answer. 
We offer it up in thanksgiving because he is an all-powerful God and he is in control. And we give thanks to that. We give thanks to him. We are trusting and knowing that he hears us and he moves just as Daniel knew. You see, what I see in that, that scripture in the life of Daniel is peace and praise go together. When we are truly surrendered and in the peace of Christ, we want to praise him for it. But the thing is, this is a decision. And that's what I want to talk today as we kind of start to, to, to wrap up. It's a decision. What are you going to set your mind on? What are you going to set your heart on this morning? Are you going to set it before the Lord and say, God, I want peace. I want peace about this. I want peace about this, the situation in my life. We can choose to try and work things on our own. We can try and carry the full burden, the full weight of it, the full worry, the full fear, the full doubt. We can try and carry that, or we can come to him this morning with a posture of, I give it to you in exchange I want to receive peace. Isaiah 26, verses 3 through 4, reads, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Even though life can be, can be difficult, we can have difficult situations, difficult circumstances, we need to look beyond those. We need to look to our Father and rejoice in the one who's in control of it all. My celebration of Jesus isn't based on what I feel, but more who he is. It's not a feeling. It's a truth. It's based on who I place my trust in. All throughout the word, we are called to decide. Worry comes in the absence of faith. We can request anything of the Lord. We can request help. We can request healing. We can request hope. We get anything. He wants us to bring everything to Him. All things. He can do exceedingly above all things. So why do we not request? as I invite the worship team to come forward, I want to ask a couple questions over us. Why do we try to continue to control our situations and allow our concern to consume our lives? The reason we do that is because we don't trust God will answer our requests. Maybe you've been praying for something for years and years and years and you don't, you don't see God moving. You don't see that he's not answering the way that you want him to answer. Maybe you don't think that God's answers to your prayers are what's best for you. I said that earlier. You want God to give the stamp to what you want to do. I want to encourage you this morning that if you have an area of your life that you're not trusting, that you're covering with worry and doubt, doing things on your own, 
surrender, surrender that to the Lord this morning. I believe there's a posture to that. A posture of surrender is to lay it down. And so, if you feel comfortable, you can come up and, and, and do it up front, or you can do it in your own seats. It doesn't matter where in here that you do this. But I want you to pray this morning. We're going to close with a worship song, and we'll have prayer counselors up here. I want you to, to bring it this morning. I want you to pray for surrender to his plan. I want you to pray for peace this morning. I want you to pray anything that you've got doubt over. I want you to come and surrender that doubt. That could be healing. It could be for a, a, a child or a spouse that just isn't walking with the Lord yet. You're like, I've been praying a long time, Lord. And I doubt that, I've let doubt come in. I doubt that, I doubt that you're going to answer that prayer. I want you to surrender that doubt this morning and exchange it for peace. Peace that he's in control. That he's in control of everything. Despite our external circumstances, pray for the peace of God over all of the situations. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray right now. And then if our prayer counselors could come up, we'll, we'll have a time of worship. And if you want to come up and pray, pray. If you want to do it in your seats, I encourage you this morning that the word of God is saying this morning, peace. Oh, Father, we, we thank you this morning. We thank you that your word washes over us and it tells us peace is a gift. Not that we can do on our own, but that we receive. And we receive it through humility, through submission. Father, we repent this morning. As Daniel did, we repent that maybe we've gone and tried to do this on our own. Maybe we've doubted. Maybe we, we let fear consume us. Maybe we just think that, you know, God, you're not going to listen to me. You respond for other people, but not me. Father, I just ask that you take that this morning. Take that from anybody that's having those thoughts in these seats this morning. And Father, just exchange it for peace. And that when they lay it down this morning, whatever it is, addictions, healing, doubt, fear, whatever, that they don't pick it back up when they walk out those doors either. Because you're, you're, you're a father that can take it. You want us to come to you, Father. I pray that. May we surrender it with open hands. May we have that posture this morning. I pray your peace over each and every one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.